0: Hi, and welcome to Stressed, the podcast to develop your stress resilience. Being ambitious and successful while living a happy life is possible. Learn how you can better cope with stress in day-to-day situations by applying tools and techniques that work for you. My name is Julia Arndt, and I'm extremely grateful that you decided to check out my podcast today. Let's get started. Hi, Melina. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast today. How are you today? I am great, Julia. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm super excited. I know it's been some back
1: and forth trying to get our schedules aligned. And so I feel very grateful to be here.
0: Yes, I'm super excited to have you. Um, You have such a fascinating story. So I'm so excited to share it um, with my listeners. And before we're jumping into who you are, just pick us up where you are right now and which time zone are you and what have you been up to this morning? So I'm in Mountain Time Zone. It's just after ten. So I haven't done a whole lot
1: today, but I got up around quarter to six. I did some reading. I, um, in fact, what I'm currently reading is Making Habits and Breaking Habits. So I'm kind of looking at that. Took my dog running. Did a little bit of cleaning up in the house before my kids got up. Then when my kids got up, we just started breakfast and you know, showered, just the usual, nothing super exciting
0: yet. Yeah. <laughs> still early. Yeah, still early. It sounds like you already did a lot for sure. And and um, you are based out of Utah, is that correct? Yes, yes. I'm in
1: Utah. I get to, I just get to look right out this window in front of me and see the mountains. Our house is up against the mountains and on the opposite side, I have a lake. So it's it's a beautiful
0: combination of both. Very cool. Very cool. So tell us more about you. Um, who are you? What are you doing? And um, yeah, to tell us
1: everything. So I'm a wife of 16 years. I had four children, um, 13, 10, 7 and 4. And so that's my primary priority, I guess would be the way to say it. And I have been really fascinated with health and with sustainable lifestyles almost my whole life. I remember watching my mom kind of struggle as a single mother, thinking, okay, I've got all these ideas of how I want my life to be created. And sometimes what we think we want in reality might have a lot of status, but also a lot of chaos. (laughs) And so I've been constantly readjusting that. I have a background in massage therapy and then the past decade, I have traveled the world teaching people about essential oils and how to elevate their health. I do a lot of business coaching on elevating wealth and then lifestyle as well. I'm very big on the, t- the previous two. You know, you, you, have, you can have great health, but if you are struggling a lot financially or, you know, a slave, to debt and things like that, then your lifestyle could be not exactly what you want. Or if you've got a lot of finance, financial abundance, which many people have, but you are not healthy and you can't really enjoy the activities in your day that you want to, or you're a slave to your job or your work and you don't even have time to spend or enjoy the money, that you've created, then I feel like that's out of balance as well. So I kind of think all three of those go together, lifestyle, health, and wealth. Mm
0: -hmm. So that's
1: kind of what I do is really teach on those three subjects.
0: Yeah. And yeah, and I think it's so fascinating. Um, we talked a little bit about um, about all of this before we jumped on this podcast interview and you told me a little bit about your own personal story. And I would love if you uh, could take us a little bit into that as well of how, you know, you got into essential oils and maybe how you, you're different, you know, how you moved from maybe as a massage therapist into like different types of lines of work and now you're, you know, a very successful business coach. Um
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, as I said before, you know, being raised by a single mom, I remember thinking, okay, I'm watching this mom, and she she was an immigrant as well from Brazil. So she would go to work graveyard shift, and she'd come home and get us ready for school, and then she would go to school trying to get her degree. So early on, I thought, this is not what I want. I want to be independent, so that I guess I guess independent enough that regardless of what happens, if I find myself alone raising children, I will be okay. It won't be like all of a sudden there's no income coming in. And so that's where I went into massage therapy because I feel I felt like that could be something that I could work around my schedule. It didn't have to be a nine to five. I could create my, my own hours. And I worked alongside some doctors and then shortly after we were married, my husband started a really successful company with internet marketing, and it grew to be a multi-million dollar company. So we had that financial abundance, but I remember just the stress level that he had, and he would come home. And I, I told him in the nicest way I could, and I kind of felt like we were getting his leftovers, if that makes sense. He had given like all of his good energy, all of his just you his know. passion I guess to his day at work and by the time he got home was exhausted and I told him can you work less can we do something I really don't care how much money you make if I'm lonely I, I we want more interaction mm. and more presence and so I remember kind of having that aha moment that this is not all that it cracked up to be I wanted for nothing financially but I craved mm. more experiences and more connection and really I craved it for my husband not to be so exhausted all the time, mm-hmm. and in 2011 we actually had this frivolous lawsuit, and we pretty much lost his business, and we lost everything overnight. I had two young children, and I had—I found out the following week after we lost everything that I was expecting our third child. Mm-hmm. So we lost our home, we lost our cars, we pretty much started over from ground zero. And I had been using essential oils for about. A year. Initially, with my background in massage, I wasn't the biggest essential oil fan because I heard that they did things, but I never really experienced it. Sometimes they they gave me a headache or my clients would get a reaction. So I really wasn't a fan. I'm very much into natural stuff. And so even though I grew up with herbs and garlic and teas, essential oils, I was kind of like, these These don't seem quite to fit the mold of what I want in my life. And so in 2010, I had been introduced by another massage therapist friend of mine to these essential oils, and my baby was about one, and he had just a warm temperature. And I remember feeling like, okay, he's a little bit warm. I read that peppermint was a really cooling essential oil. And so I just took a little drop of it and I put it on the back of his head. And within about two minutes, his body temperature had cooled right off. And I thought, okay, well, that was <laughs> wow. that was very convenient, right? And, and it was really safe and very natural. So I started then to dive into it was actually the end of 2009. So I started diving into everything I could research and learn about the science and how essential oils worked. So that's when I discovered there's a lot of different variables that go into the quality. I was a little bit ignorant in my understanding of essential oils. And just like some people, we realize there's different types of grapes or tomatoes or apples, but we don't really think that there's 80 different species of basil. There's a lot of different types of lavender, and there's many different types of peppermint. And so, we really don't look at species all of the time when we're thinking about essential oils. The other thing that I realized was sourcing was very important. I remember traveling to the Philippines, and I had a mango there a few years back. Thinking, oh my gosh, what is this fruit? It is not anything like the mangoes I would get, you know, over in the desert, right? And okay. so. When you're sourcing plants in indigenous regions, then that's where you're gonna get the highest quality of plant, hence the highest quality of essential oil. And then the other thing was harvesting. There, I, I had a chance to take a trip to Haiti about five or six years ago, where we harvest our vetiver from. And I remember learning that they were harvesting every year based on when they needed to be paid. In order to pay for their children's tuition and school and things like that and in reality vetiver needs to be in the ground it's a root and it needs to be in the ground for 13 months not a year and so that was really interesting to kind of learn about all of these different plants and being harvested at the correct time even if you were to take let's say julia two different oranges from the same tree grown in a grove in florida for example if you picked one while it was green and you set it out on the counter and waited till it ripened and then you picked one right when it was ripe, right, even though they came from the same place they would be really different yeah yeah <laughs> and so i kind of learned about that and then you know the distillation process that's another thing that takes a lot of patients you want to if you if you heat them up too much then you're going to destroy a lot of those therapeutic compounds just like when you cook your food a certain you know over some certain temperature you want to and depending on which plant they have to be distilled a different way so looking at distillation practices and then obviously testing just to make sure that nothing got into the water or in the transportation nothing happened with the, the plants and there's you know nothing that has adulterated the essential oils. So I kind of learned that. And that's when I I discovered this certified pure therapeutic grade quality, which is what I've been using for the past decade and just became so passionate about it. At first I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is, this completely changes my life as a mother. (laughs) All of a sudden I felt empowered. I felt like I didn't need to be running to the doctor, helpless all the time. And so my kids in the last 10 years, I think they've had Two sick visits, and they were just really small sick visits where I went in as precautions because my children were little and they haven't had to be on any antibiotics, any types of medication. And so I've been able to just keep their immune system strong. And then I also thought, well, this would be really cool for my massage friends. And so I've worked with a lot of the top spas in the nation, helping them implement essential oils in a way that is conducive to what they're already doing. And then I started. Training entrepreneurs in how to use essential oils for better productivity. Just you know, things like how to sleep better, how to have more energy, more focus, so that we're not taking you know energy drinks or uppers, and then having to take sedatives at night, and we're all over the place. (laughs) I want to hear all about this. This is so fascinating. This is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of how I got started, and uh, as I started to share and teach more and more. The, the business model that I work with is a network marketing type of model. And so little by little, I started to realize, oh, this is something I'm passionate about. And as I share and educate, I started to create a financial freedom and completely replaced you know our income. So my husband's been home full time with me for the last eight years. And it's been really cool to go from having to kind of live our lives around work and you know business we're able to live our lives focused around our family and the things that matter most and we fit our work around that Mm -hmm. that's not to say as i'm sure you know that there's not any sacrifices definitely there's sacrifices but we get to choose which sacrifices make sense and which ones don't and we get to moderate that and and i think that's really what life is about
0: yeah okay okay now i have (laughs) <laughs> another five questions in my head um I want to take a step back first, um because you kind of started to explain of how you built that business and how you got interested in essential oils and then started to build that business and we talked about this a little bit um the first time we met because you said that you know that it was also really stressful because that business grew really quickly for you um and there was a lot of challenges that you had to overcome there um so I want to kind of tap into that a little bit first and ask you what challenges did you encounter and what learnings did you make that you're now applying in a in a more productive way to your... Yes, yes. yes.
1: So this is a great question. And if you remember... You know, you go back to 2011. I have a baby on the way. I have two young kids. My husband's like not even sure which way is up or down right now because we just lost everything, and we moved. We lived in Las Vegas and we moved here to Utah, and. I had health plan of Nevada insurance. So I would drive six hours to go back to my doctor's appointments for my baby because I was terrified of having to pay out of network. We just could not afford anything. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of, I was coming from a place of like fight or flight, I guess would be the best way to say it. And my husband started working for his dad and started another business. And as you may know, when you're starting your own business, you usually don't bring in any money for a year or two. So he was gone full time doing that and then working with his dad on the side. So he was gone a lot. So this meant that I was waking up early in the morning. So I could get a couple hours of work in before my young children would wake up because neither of them were in school. And then I would stay up late, I would work kind of in between things. So my biggest struggle was really that all self-care went out the window. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was just in this this mode of, I need to make it to the next step. And I don't necessarily, there's some things that I could have done better, but I don't want to discourage people from the hustle because I know some people that really want to completely have a balanced life. And so they never make progress. I think that you can do anything for a season. Mm -hmm. I think my season could have been shorter and I could have regulated a little bit more I didn't have the income for a lot of self-care but just a bubble bath here and there some time reading some a little bit more time filling my tank so that I think I could have performed better but just setting and then as my business continued to grow and grow there was people everywhere reaching out wanting help and there was a little bit of this sense of a value and importance, I guess, where I wanted to show up for anybody that wanted to hear from me. And instead of setting up boundaries, saying, "Well, that doesn't really align with my mission in life," I just kind of thought, like, "Oh, they—they're they're excited. I'm—I'm I'm big time now, and I'm—I'm I'm credible." And so, I started just saying yes to pretty much everything, mm-hmm. and. I think that's a huge pitfall that we have sometimes in our road. Whether you know we're working for a big company or whether we're entrepreneurs, I think really having proper boundaries with time and self-care. That those were the two biggest struggles I think that I had to overcome.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: another struggle was our change in finances. I went from again, having financial abundance to, I remember one day being pregnant and just in tears because I really was craving a bagel sandwich of all things, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was like six or $7. I don't even remember. And just thinking, I can't even afford the sandwich. So we went probably about 18 months and we didn't eat out. Everything for my children was secondhand. Uh, We just, we didn't go to the movies. We didn't spend any extra money because I wanted to be able to put everything back into my business. Now, I'm I'm not saying that that, that's actually something that I agree with doing. I agree with not spending more money than you're making ever. And really that yourself is one of your best investments. So if you can invest in something that's going to create a longer ROI in your future, then I think it's a great step to make. However, it was a little bit of a struggle to, to go. Yeah. To, but I remember thinking, this is really uncomfortable. Like it, it was, it was really financially uncomfortable. I had to pull my daughter out of dance classes because we couldn't afford those. And I, I had to you know, really bare bones it for about 18 months until we started to little by little add some some luxuries in and I remember thinking this is uncomfortable but I want it to be uncomfortable for as little as possible so instead of dragging this out to be a five or ten year plan to get to where I wanted I really shortened that to about a year and a half plan so after we lost everything about a uh, about a year and a half later less than a year and a half my husband was able to come home and i was supporting us fully and then we continued to double our income every year and so i think i think kind of sometimes you have to look at these choices and say where where do we want to make the sacrifice to get the gain Mm -hmm.
0: that makes sense yeah definitely and um yeah i think it's you you're gonna you're so i don't know how grateful and aware you were um you know when while you had that financial abundance from your husband's side um but then going kind of back down and now building this all up for yourself, you must—it must feel so like fulfilling, and you must feel so proud of yourself as a woman supporting, you know, um, a five-five a people family. That's really amazing, or oh, six people family.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, and and obviously it's a team effort. Yeah. I, I started this business, but just as as though it just as when my husband was building his company. I was supporting things in the home front so that he could and now we do it in a partnership but I am I am really grateful and I think that more than the the income that I'm grateful for I'm grateful for the freedom that it allows me to to create life on my own terms and I think you know having nothing even when we first were married, my husband and I, I remember I was working two jobs in order for him to start his business. And I came home from work one day, I was working at a retail store and my the strap on my sandal had broke. So I stapled it back together. <laughs> my foot was kind of bleeding when I got home. And I remember him saying, why did not Judas buy another pair of shoes? And I just was crying, saying, well, you know, after we pay our rent, we've got only like $16 in our bank account. I just couldn't afford it. And that was kind of this moment for him that was traumatic. He never wanted his wife to not be able to buy a pair of shoes again. So, but, so he kind of worked and worked. Yeah. But, I, but I remember, you know, going through the struggle, then having a lot of money, then having nothing, then having a lot. We've been through both sides. And they... They both have some magic to them. There's something really cool about being in a place where you're creating something and you're you're looking forward to the future where you can have something. Recently, we just went to, it was like Bed, Bath & Beyond or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, we went to get some specific things that we needed for our house in Mexico. And I remember walking out of there saying, this isn't as fun as it used to be because when we were first married, I remember walking through going, oh, I can't wait until I could buy this or I could buy that or, you know, kind of dreaming about what we could have and then walking through it going, yeah, I guess I could buy whatever I wanted, but I didn't want it as much. So it kind of took, took that desire away. Yeah. Is that
0: making sense? It totally makes sense.
1: Yeah. I, kind of, I kind of sound like a crazy person, I know, but... Yeah. There is there is like a sense of hope and something to push for and something to stretch for. And so I call it new level, new devil. As yeah. you go through different levels and stages of your life, there's going to be different things that you're going to aspire to. And sometimes when you reach that, and if you don't have something else beyond, then mm-hmm. you'll kind of feel it's almost anticlimactic. It's almost this place of hopelessness as mm-hmm. though this is as good as it gets. So. It's a really important that we're constantly developing ourselves and developing our our passions and our desires. So there's something more, more than just what we want, but more about the impact of what we can create and the legacy of what we can create for our families, our communities, globally. Yeah. You know, in some some aspects. So, i don't know if that if that makes sense so i that,
0: can totally really, relate to okay. that i can totally relate to that i'm i'm just thinking when i started my corporate job you know i was 25 years old like the first time i like had a lot of money you know like i was I, I i wouldn't say i was financially abundant but i could afford like nice things you know and that was how my weekends looked like you know for the first like two or three years and i also lived in dublin and you know um it was all i think the culture there and also like you know there's especially when you're living in bigger cities, the culture is that in during the weekends you go shopping and you like splurge on things that you want and so for two or three years, I bought all this stuff, you know, and I was always really excited like I would buy my first expensive handbag and you know like things like that, and now I look at it in my you know in my closet, and I'm like, I'm having all these expensive things, and I don't care, like I don't really use them anymore. Um, really rarely. Um, And now there's, there's so much more value for me, for example, to like buy trainings or like, like things that are personally developing myself. And that's what I'm craving for now. You know, I love to spend money on going on a yoga um, teacher training or um, doing any other type of learning. And um, it's funny how that shifted like I you know if somebody would have told me when I was 25 I would have been like no this is great like I'm spending all this money on all the jewelry and the bags and all these things that we think we really want to have but then once I had them it kind of lost its magic you know and it was like yeah that that's nice but at the end of the day you know you you enjoy it for a couple of weeks or months maybe and then it's just going to end up in your closet and It doesn't really bring you any other value, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And I think that's a really freeing experience because Mm -hmm. we're marketed to our entire lives. These things are what bring happiness. And so I think there's something very freeing about, okay, I achieved that. And yeah, like it was fun for a little bit, but that's not really what has sustainable joy in it. Mm -hmm. For example, I remember, you know, we had this, my husband bought me this, Range Rover and had the rims and had all of these things. And then we lost everything. And I remember thinking, I don't belong in an, a music video or anything like that. I'm just a mom. I really just want a minivan. That's all I want. And he was yeah. he was telling me, I'm not going to drive a minivan. That's totally not cool. We are, we're on our third minivan now, just so you know, because we kind of have the freedom now of It doesn't matter to me what other people think. Like, I really just want a functional, simple, peaceful, happy life. And there's nothing better than pushing a little button and having the doors open and not have to get up and go around the car and open the door for your kids so that they don't ding the car next to you. (laughs) We just are starting to value different things. But I, I think if you don't ever have it and it continues to be something you're longing for... And I think that can rob you of some of the, the joy. And my kids, we still, I though we can afford it, we still purchase secondhand and they still, I, I try to be very mindful yeah. of not, not robbing them of some of the things that I was able to learn by not having abundance. Does that make sense? There's, there's, yeah. a, there's a fine line there between giving them, so we give them a lot of amazing experiences, but... For the past probably seven years, on their birthdays, they get to choose between a fundraiser or receiving gifts. And if they choose receiving gifts, they get to have a little small party with a handful of people. If they choose a fundraiser, then they get to have a large party with a lot of people because we're kind of investing into that. And if we give them a bigger present... So mm-hmm. they they have one big present. And initially, this was just me not wanting a bunch of clutter in my house. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. But it's been really cool. And they'll they'll look at which fundraisers they want to choose. And in the past, I guess, seven, no, it's been eight years, only once did one of my children say, Mom, I think I want presents. I mean, they go to other birthday parties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I, you know, my husband told him, don't guilt him. You, you gave him the choice. And so I said, okay, that's great. We can do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just think there is a lot more to success than yeah. having the income, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that you said was that, um, you know, your business has been doubling every year since you started. Um, and we were talking a little bit about, um, you know, how you like, no matter if you're an entrepreneur building your own business and having kind of that experience or being in the corporate world and striving for that next promotion and being kind of a little bit in that red race of, you know, always wanting more or always like wanting to build bigger. Um, how, ha- how did you manage that? And how did, you, how did you learn from this experience? So I think it really has to
1: do with being intentional. So whether, wherever you're at, I think it, it needs to be, There's a lot of intention going into what is it that you actually want because sometimes that thing we think we want isn't what we want and then being intentional in the actions that are needed every day to get there. I think that just as anything in life, you don't just say, okay, this is what I want and do one or two big things and that's how you achieve it. I think it's this is what I want and you do a thousand little things consistently Mm -hmm. to to achieve that. Now, I, there was a time after I had my fourth baby, I did actually step back in my business a little bit. And, and we didn't really grow very fast. And then uh, I remember, you know, a couple of years just wanting to enjoy that, that last baby I was having, you know, I wanted to nurse him until he went away to college pretty much. Obviously, that didn't happen. <laughs> but I was like, I don't want to let go of this stage of life. And so about a year and a half ago, almost two years, I thought, okay, I'm ready to go back and start growing. And I, I mean, it was growing slowly, just not the, the type of growth that I had experienced the previous five years. Mm-hmm. And I remember then also realizing that it's the bigger you get, it's harder to grow. It's, mm-hmm. you know, losing 10 pounds when you're 300 pounds is a lot easier than losing 10 pounds when you're 140 pounds, right? So you do reach this point where it does become a little bit different. And so I had to invest a lot of time and money to learn different skills that I didn't have. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, what had got me to a seven-figure income wasn't going to be the same stuff that would get me to an eight-figure, nine-figure income. So I had to learn a lot about how to reach that next level. And to be honest, most of what it was, was hiring the right people and building the correct team to allow me to focus on the things that I do best I feel like so often we spend so much of our time doing something that we're not even that good at and we don't enjoy it and it drains us so then we feel just fatigued and burnt out when we could easily outsource that or bring on a new team member who loves that kind of stuff there's people that they If you find a job, there's somebody that loves it (laughs) It just lights them up to look at numbers all day or lights them up to, you know, whatever, spreadsheets. There's people that love everything. So finding the right person to do that and then framing that off the plate then allows you to spend your time on the things that you actually have a unique ability to do Mm -hmm. and looking at, you know, the big picture of things. And so that's something I do now once a quarter. I kind of go through all of the things that I'm doing. And sometimes things that I used to really enjoy, I stop enjoying if I have too much of it. Does that make sense? Sure. So then I go through and kind of see, okay, what, what of this can I hire out or, you know, outsource? And then my executive assistant, she does the same thing. And a lot of times she'll look over at my list and she'll say, oh, well, I could do that. I'd love to do that. <laughs> and so she'll take some of my stuff and then she can take a list of her stuff that she could pass to her assistant or a virtual assistant or whatever else. And so I just think having proper teams around you is really important. And there's no shame in not being good at everything. Nobody is good at everything. So when you're trying to do all the things, then you're probably dropping a lot of balls and leaving huge gaps for error where it's really not necessary
0: i love that philosophy i remember you told me about this and the first time we talked and i was like we need to implement this in the corporate world like there's so many especially like you say you do it on a quarterly basis yes we get tired of doing certain things because we just do them for maybe a lot and then we want to move on and learn something new you know so i think Having that philosophy is really, really powerful. Okay, so now that we know a little bit more about your business stuff um, on, and how you build that and your family life, um, I wanna totally, of course, tap into the power of essential oils um, from a stress management perspective. Um, and before I ask you questions around what kind of oils you um, you propose for stressed entrepreneurs, and I'm sure that also counts for any other people that that are in the corporate world and that are working, and um, can you tell us a little bit more about the physiological effects that um oils have on our body?
1: Yeah, yeah, they are I mean I obviously think they're amazing in every way now that I've dove into them, but really they work in three different ways how we use them. So the first is aromatically and most people are familiar with aromatherapy. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you breathe something in is it goes through your limbic system and part of your 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 olfactory bulb, that part of your system that regulates your memory. And this is how come you can smell something and you can immediately have a really vivid memory of when you wore that chapstick in high school or your grandma's peppermint cookies or whatever. You can have very emotionally tied, vivid memories. Uh, It's also the part of your brain that regulates your hormone production and your mood. So hello, best selling point ever. You can't change your spouse, but you can change their mood. Hello, <laughs> like your children or your coworkers. and so this that's been really, really cool. just breathing it in. And I remember thinking it sounded kind of hokey to breathe something in and it would change your physiology. But if you think about you know what's there's there's a lot of different inhalers that are the fastest way to get medicine into your lungs and into your blood, and it's going to your brain. so it's a really effective way to work with the body. Another way is topically. So our skin is made of epithelial tissue, the same tissue as our large intestine. It's meant to absorb nutrients. And essential oils are very small in molecular structure. They're carbon-based, so they can go right into your blood. Blood tests have shown within you know just a few seconds. They've done blood tests, used essential oil, 20 seconds later done other blood tests, and you can see a huge change in the blood cells with the essential oils, so it's really cool. It does take probably, I would say, 15 to 20 minutes for those essential oils to get into all of the tissue in the body fully, but they do work very quickly that way. Um, I do also like to use essential oils internally, but again, this would only be with a certified pure therapeutic grade line of essential oils, and it would be with proper care. Also, with topically, you, you might wanna dilute and you need to not use them in your eyes or any like orifices. <laughs> so you want to use common sense with essential oils. And really what they're doing with the body is essential oils are up to 800 compounds. They're very complex. So they communicate with your cells. And in reality, they're, all they're doing is helping your body really function at optimal levels so that your body's doing what it's supposed to do. It, you know, its immune system can be functioning, and you can have different essential oils depending on what you're using them for, but help with mental clarity. There's some that pass the blood brain barrier, which is really cool for all of that cognitive function. The essential oils can work with your central nervous system, so instead of having, you know, a lot of the anxiety or the stress, it can help calm that down. We have that fight or flight that I kind of talked about before, and this is definitely a survival tool used, you know, if you're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger, you want that rush of adrenaline. You want that fight-or-flight instinct, right? And then we have our rest and digest. What's interesting, though, is we no longer are being chased by saber-toothed tigers. We're not usually being chased by someone down a dark alley either. Usually, we're getting this response when we're sedentary, sitting over our bills or sitting in traffic. (laughs) It's not usually in a situation where we need that rush of adrenaline to escape or to fight. And so this causes a lot of imbalance in our central nervous system where we have this, this just constant anxiousness and stress levels. This is why physical activity is really important to kind of work through some of that as well. And then we kind of forget about the whole rest and digest portion. So many times we're eating while we're, <laughs> have a really rushed 20 minute lunch or we're talking and we're trying to hurry through instead of just breathing, chewing our food, Resting and resetting our bodies and so essential oils can work amazing for that there's essential oils that are anti-spasmodic, that are analgesic that can help with different like pain we've got essential oils that are antibacterial which is really amazing and i also use them to implement it to cleaning there's essential oils that are antiviral they have a lot of different properties and so that's generally what i like to do is learn the properties of an essential oil versus what essential oils you use for what because if you know what the characteristics are then you can kind of mm-hmm. there would be a handful of oils you could use for the same thing
0: yeah yeah and okay so this is really interesting and i love how you just kind of summarize again um stress management um that that's basically what i'm teaching as well right like the fight and flight and the rest and digest and the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous yeah. system and that even though um you know we're not chased by the saber tooth tiger anymore and there's no danger we have that We have that response of our bodies and we do need that as well. I, I always say like there's obviously the positive effect of stress that we need in order to function in day-to-day. Like we need yeah. to have certain levels of adrenaline. We have a, an, an adrenaline spike in the morning when we wake up because of that exact reason, because we need to get out of bed <laughs> and get going. Yes. Um, but then <laughs> it's like on the other side and we are just always exposed to these really high levels of stress, that's when it gets... Um, unhealthy, so what yes. you you mentioned earlier that you um teach entrepreneurs how to manage their stress um and i'm sure it's not limited to entrepreneurs, so what kind of what do they use like what kind of oils do they use what kind of properties do they use?
1: so the most commonly used oil for stress is lavender that's a very popular one and this is really it's all things calming i also really love you know vetiver that i talked about is a grounding oil which grounding is so important to kind of bring us back off of that chaos stress anxiety feeling um, Frankincense is another one that's very grounding and helps with our central nervous system. And then it kind of depends to the the root of what's causing this. Citrus oils are also very powerful for calming the central nervous system, but they're also invigorating oils. And they're kind of tied to more the sometimes there's not just the anxious feelings, but the sad feelings. And if people start to feel overwhelmed, then sometimes it's just this overall discouragement. So yes. citrus oils are really good for having those feelings of joy kind of come and those uplifting feelings and uplifting the mood, but it's also calming. So. People get confused when I say that they're invigorating, but they're calming, and that's because people confuse invigorating with hyper, and they confuse calming with, you know, like going to sleep. Calming is just more your central nervous system is calm. It doesn't mean you're lethargic. And then invigorating is, you know, your, your senses are awake, but if you're using a citrus oil in the evening, it's not going to keep you awake during the night. It's just going to help you feel invigorated and happy
0: if that makes sense, right? Yeah, definitely. So what do you, like, I'm really curious, what do you use like on a daily basis? Does it, does it always depend on how you feel? Or do you have certain things that you kind of do on a regular basis? So I do have,
1: you know, I have my favorites, I have my favorite go to ones, but then I try to make it a habit that each, kind of each week, I pick one that I dive deeper into because we're creatures of habit so as I learn about new oils sometimes I realize oh I actually think I like this a little bit better but uh and so for example this week I'm really going into pedigree and I've got it right here with me <laughs> and this is a citrus oil but it's not a common citrus oil like lemon or orange or grapefruit and so in the mornings I love to use some eucalyptus to open the airways I use uh, eucalyptus and peppermint to help with energy and I put it on the bottom bottom of my feet. I put them on the back of my neck as I go running because it keeps me cool and it keeps the oxygen uptake in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do really like to have, I drink citrus oils during the day because it helps with cleansing the body as well. When you have, you've been exposed to a lot of petrochemicals and processed foods and things like that, which I try to avoid. You're, it builds up in your body. When you can't process it through your liver or your kidneys, then it's going to build up in your body. And so citrus oils like grapefruit can be wonderful for that. So I try to just add that to my water. It also makes water a little bit more interesting. <laughs> to adds a little bit of flavor. And so I do that throughout the day. There's a blend that uh, doTERRA provides called On Guard, which is an immune blend. And that is usually, I use it in the morning and night. I use it on my entire family. And this is probably the main reason why we stay healthy, but it's a blend of cinnamon, clove. Clove is the highest antioxidant essential oil. Just one drop of clove would be like 40 pounds of carrots, rosemary, eucalyptus, and orange. And so that's a blend that we use on a daily basis. It's also what I use to clean our doorknobs and light switches probably once a week when we go through and just kind of sanitize things. And then in the evening, there's a blend called Balance that I like to use. That is frankincense and hoe wood. And I really do like lavender. My kids get that and I get that. I have it in a diffuser next to my bed. And it's going to help with, there's a lot of studies that have shown with your REM and non-REM cycles that you can, not only does it help you calm the mind so that you can go to sleep, because oftentimes we're, we could be so exhausted, but our mind is not turning off. So it kind of helps with that. It helps with the serotonin reuptake levels. It helps us fall asleep, but also go through those cycles uninterrupted so that when you wake up, even, you know, you actually feel like you've had a good night's rest. Versus saying, well, I slept eight hours, but when I look at my sleep tracker, I woke up eight times, right? Mm-hmm. So those are my basic staples, but I do, you know, if there's, there's different ones that I'll pull onto depending on what's going on. Cilantro is a really good one to help with cleansing any heavy metals. So sometimes that's not a really common one I use, but sometimes if there's been any exposure, I'm going to pull that so there's there's just a wide variety and I think that they're not that difficult if you as you start to learn, but the basic ten, you know, with like lavender tea tree is another one, especially in the summer. I've spent we just got back from Mexico and then I was at this other like pool, basically in the last month I've probably spent 50% of my life in water <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so tea tree is a really great one for ears and just helping with any bacteria you know keeping at bay so mm-hmm. that we don't get any of these types of infections so that's been a really powerful one and we use that regularly
0: yeah and you know i'm sitting here and i'm looking at you and i'm just like you're so radiant and i'm (laughs) like four kids (laughs) i don't want to ask for your age but i'm like it's you just look amazing and i um i think it's yeah it's so great to see that you're built like you have you know you're a really successful businesswoman you have a really um you know wonderful family and you are still you know, you still look like you're taking care of yourself, and you're healthy, and you're well. Yeah, thank you. That's very kind. The camera doesn't show some of like the, <laughs> the
1: worry lines that have happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at you, like, oh, to be young and flawless. Yeah. So, yeah. but yes, and I, I think it's all about how we feel on the inside. Yeah. There, you know, it's it's a well balanced act between the outside and the inside. Yeah. And. essential oils have been powerful to manage emotions my daughter actually she's 13 and she does i took her to a psychologist to do a full eval because i kind of felt like i have tools that i use but i don't know if they work with everybody and what works with my son is different and i think this is happens as well as i work with different entrepreneurs one person will be drawn to drawn to certain things they really like they need more energy and they, they're drawn to more of the minties where you know the, the mints and the herbs and somebody else might really be drawn to the florals or the citrus ones and so people really are are different but with my daughter it's been really empowering that she has her own set of oils that she can use mm-hmm. because she sees the world as a puzzle she has to see how things fit together otherwise it causes a lot of stress if she doesn't know what to expect my son sees the world as a playground he doesn't really care what's supposed to happen what's on the agenda he just makes friends easily and so watching and and this happens I think with adults as well we have some people that need to plan out and emotionally prepare for what is supposed to happen and other people that fly by the seat of their pants so different personalities have different areas where they might need some some emotional support and this is I think it's one of the most empowering things just to be able to hand them They, they all have my children have their own sets that they use and then with the entrepreneurs that I work with there's a handful of things that I think are staples but then some will have some some different things that, you know, women tend to have a lot of self-love, kind of, you know, not feeling enough. So I tend to go more into some oils there that help with feeling like we're enough. And again, this is marketing from our whole lives. Women are actually marketed to differently than men. We're marketed to, you know, we need to have those shoes to be enough or be skinnier or be younger or be sexier. or. Cook all your meals from scratch, <laughs> whatever yeah. it is, yeah. and so men don't tend to be marketed. If you watch the marketing that comes across, they're they're very different because we have different triggers, and so that's something that, regardless of how successful somebody is, that needs to be managed for them to truly feel the joy and satisfaction.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's so true. And I, and in my head, I'm just like I. So I started using oils. I'd say. Like, at the end of last year, I, like, asked my, my mother-in-law um to get me, the, the like, the, the essential oil, like, you know, family pack with the physician kit yeah. And um, I've been traveling a lot with them. And I, you know, I was always a little bit like, I don't know if this really works. Like, you know, I don't know if I really believe in this. And I've been <clears throat> using, like, two or three oils, like, really regularly. I, u- I use lemon in my water in the morning, especially when I'm traveling. I don't have fresh lemons. Um, yeah from home and then i use on guard and because my experience has always been traveling that my immune system is just like down (laughs) and i literally like i take it before i leave even on the airplane and then i take it usually in the evening um because yeah because i just feel like there's so much bacteria and stuff flying around when you're sitting in an airplane and it's just exhausting for your body to travel and like knock on wood I, i i think it is because of this but I have not been sick um this year at all and um and then i use um digest then as well um which i love because i always have like a an upset stomach as well like when i'm nervous when i'm stressed
1: mm-hmm.
0: kind of my stomach and so yeah so i've been really loving to experiment as well and see what works and you know I, and i do actually t- like i for example the the on guard i i take it internally like i yeah do. It or like if I feel like I'm getting sick, I'm like, okay, I just need to boost.
1: Yeah, and what I found is that if you nice. take it, if you start using it right as you feel something coming on, it wipes it right out. If you if yeah. you're one of those people that waits until you're full blown, like every body of your cell is infected, and yeah. it'll take a lot longer to have it take effect. And that digestion that you mentioned, it's just a blend of peppermint and cardamom, and it works with peppermint is really really great for your respiratory also for your digestive system and that one's been a lifesaver too when traveling and you're in a different environment different yeah. ecosystem different foods sometimes different water sources so right. it's really a, a staple as well
0: awesome. yeah okay so i um i want to ask you a couple more questions i always have a set of okay. questions that I ask all of my um, interview guests at the end of each interview, and the first question is, "What are you most grateful for?" So I, I'm,
1: as I've traveled around the world, I know our this country of uh, the U.S. has some ups and downs, but I am really grateful for the opportunities that we have in this country that allow us to create what we want to create, there is, there is, it is a land of opportunity, and we have so many things available, that I don't think many other countries or areas of the world see the similar opportunity as we have here, so I'm grateful for that, because it gives me the freedom to, to focus on thriving, versus just focus on surviving, where many Many areas in the world, it's, your goal is to survive. And it's how am I going to feed myself? How am I going to stay from getting sick? And this this land offers that opportunity and I kind of, if you work hard, you're able to create a buffet in life where you can kind of pick and choose what you want to do. Do I want to spend my day cleaning my house? No, so I can have somebody else do that. Do I want to, you know, mow my own lawn? No, I'm going to have somebody else do that and I can kind of pick and choose. I want to be the one that puts my children to bed so that I'm going to keep time for and hold that sacred and I want to be able to travel. So I I feel like such a such an amazing opportunity to create a life of of freedom to have those choices
0: yeah yeah that's really beautiful and do you have um, three philosophies or wisdoms that you live by
1: so one that I have been raised with and I say it all the time to my children is there's there's two types of people in the world the ones you love and the ones you don't understand And I think this is really important as we go through life to remember because it can be very easy to judge other people based on them being different. But the people that really know the worst things about you are generally the people that love you the most because they understand where you're coming from and they understand all of the good parts. So this is a philosophy that I think is important to remember. Uh, The other one is I believe that your environment shapes your success. I, I see a lot of people that have goals, but they don't create the environment to support those goals. For example, if you are if you want to exercise, then lay out your exercise clothes, find a partner or a higher trainer, do something that doesn't just leave it up to yourself to decide whether to push the snooze button. Or if you're trying to eat healthy, don't have a box of donuts in the pantry that you try to avoid. Just take them out and have healthy food. So I really think, surrounding yourself with an environment that supports those really is going to give you the extra level that's needed to have that success. Mm -hmm. And then the third is really around belief. I've worked with so many different people in all different levels of life. And I think that when I see people say they want something, but they don't really believe it's possible, they don't show up to create that. Mm -hmm. They can go through some motions sometimes and then say, oh, this isn't working, but they don't really believe it. If they believed it, they would do what they needed to do to create it. They would show up completely different if they knew the end result was success. And so this, I think, is really important is just to look at what you believe. And if you don't believe something is possible, then maybe dive into why. Is it that you don't deserve it? Is it that other people are going to judge you? Is it kind of find where your root belief systems are? Because otherwise, verbally, you might be saying something, but really internally with your soul and your subconscious, you're saying the opposite. And it creates this whole feeling of failure, but you're really not showing up the way that you should. And it's, a, it's an internal conflict saying you want something, but not really believing you deserve it or you can have it. So I, I think whatever you believe you can
0: achieve. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I love them, all of them. Thank you so much <laughs> for sharing those. And do you have a book that you, um, that you love or that has maybe changed your life? I have so many books, um, but one that is a
1: constant I I seem to recommend to a lot of people is called Willpower Doesn't Work, and it's by Benjamin Hardy. I actually just have.
0: Oh. Adam, he's all. Sorry, did I cut out? Yes, you you were just cutting out, but that's fine.
1: So, Willpower Doesn't Work Mm -hmm. by Benjamin Hardy. He came and taught at our retreat this month, but he, he just was really talking about that concept of not depending on your willpower to, to get you through these things. Like the less willpower that you need, the better. So take decision-making out whenever you can create a habit, create a support system, create an environment that allows you to be what you want instead of making it an uphill battle because you have to have that like like I said the donuts in the pantry, right? Yeah. If you're just counting on willpower, sooner or later it's going to be late, you're going to be hungry, grumpy and you're going to binge eat the whole box and then you're going to feel like garbage. So, it just uh, let's let's not count on willpower. So that's a great book and then there's another one called Unconditional Parenting by Alfie Kohn. And this one I kind of go through like business and I do read a lot of parenting books, but I think parenting teaches a lot of leadership mm-hmm. and This one was very interesting to me because it actually was talking about how negative, how positive reinforcement can actually create negative consequences and habits, because people are making decisions based on reward and punishment versus an internal desire for an outcome. And so oftentimes, as we're leading and we're trying to give incentives to our team, and there I have to think through and kind of question. Am I encouraging something that they're already showing you know showing up for and adding extra value to that, or am I making them feel like it's a chore and I'm rewarding them for something that they should be, you know what I'm saying? So it kind of it, it really opened my awareness as well as with parenting to be because that's one of those things like positive reinforcement, we just want to do it all the time. And you see these children that are very well behaved they go off to college and they are a mess because they've been basing their decisions off of reward and punishment versus actual internal yeah. understanding of the concept so those two i think are
0: are really great books right thank you they they sound um, super interesting i will definitely look into those as well so what's next for you what what is on the agenda for for your business or your life <laughs> oh <laughs>
1: So I'm really, I I have had, I'm going to be starting a podcast. I've been putting it off for about nine months. I keep thinking like, okay, I need to start this. So we are going to be starting that at the end of this year. And then I'm going more into workshops instead of traveling so much to um, different workshops that are going on around the world. I'm going to start bringing them closer to me. And just have a few workshops a year where I can bring entrepreneurs in and work with an overall so example, we just did one in Mexico, but we want to work with the the oils and things that they need to up level themselves, but then also look at branding and copywriting and their processes and automation and having all of these things in place that create a sustainable business because oftentimes People have a specific skill, like life coaching, for example, and that's what they're passionate about and that's what they're good about good good with and, and just really enjoy doing. And they struggle to reach the people that they need to be in front of because all of those other details Mm -hmm. They are not quite sure. of, And so because I have been running this business for so long and I've spent so much money (laughs) learning how to do things and hiring other people how to do to do them, it's what I wish I had was kind of like a whole kit that people could come and, and get so they can walk away after a weekend having their landing page or website and automation and copywriting templates and all of the things that might not be their specialty, but help elevate them so that they can do their
0: specialty really well. Very cool. Wow, that sounds super interesting. Um, And so if people are listening to you right now and they're like, I would love to um, listen to Melina's podcast in the future, or I want to learn more about oils and um, any of those kind of things, or entrepreneurs um, that are super interested in the workshops, how can they reach out to you? So
1: I'm on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Melina Harrison, and then I have melinaharrison.com as my website. And we just launched a new website called Well-Oiled Entrepreneur that focuses a little bit more on the, the business aspects of, of life.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, it was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, so fascinating, as I already announced, when I, when I introduced you and to hear about your story and to hear about your life and just to see how you put everything together is really inspiring. So thank you so much for being here today and for spending time with us.
1: It was my pleasure, Julia. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a joy talking to you thank you thank
0: you so much have a wonderful day all right you too bye if you enjoyed this episode i would be extremely happy and grateful if you could leave me a comment and a five-star rating if you know someone who would benefit from the information i talked about today please feel free to share it with them no matter if it is your friends your colleagues and or your family members you will always find all links and a summary of the podcast in the show notes. It would be great if we could connect on Instagram or via email. You can find all details of how to find me in the show notes as well. In that way, you can also send me any questions that you might have. And as I mentioned, I also have a wonderful YouTube channel now where you can post comments and questions. So please reach out. I'm glad you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for your trust. With gratitude, Julia.